0: nicely done.
1: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Mighty Shakers podcast where we will be talking everything Barry FC and everybody is welcome to listen even Debbie Jevons. This week I'm joined by Armin I'm also joined by Will Leach
0: who's come along to talk to us. I kind of originally was forced to go by my uncle really. My dad was a my dad, well, my dad still is a Liverpool fan. So um it was sit watching the telly or get down to Gig Lane. So my uncle took me down, and about ninety-two, ninety-three, I think it was, he bought me every berry shirt going for like the next five, ten years. So I remember my first berry shirt, I had the uh, green and purple stripe one with Ronnie Morgue on the back. That were it. I kind of fell in love. And a bit like Tom last week when he was speaking, like the first game I properly remember, I think we were like 96, and we beat Lincoln seven-one at home. That were it. As soon as that went in, I think I got my first season ticket after that game. That like that next season, and and that were it. I've kind of been there ever since. 92, 93. So I was one or two then. But Armin wasn't born then.
2: No, I was minus six. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cheers, lads. <laughs> yeah. How's it comparing for you now? Then obviously, it's a lot a lot's changed since then and, and since two thousand nineteen area.
0: Yeah, massively. Um, to be honest, like in some aspects, I, I kind of. Enjoy it a little bit more. Like it feels a bit more relaxed. You know, it feels like it's great being able to sit, have a couple of pints with your mates, watching the match. It's good and kind of getting to know the players a bit more. I think that that aspect of it is decent. Like you speak to a few on Twitter, and you know, you have a good laugh with some of them. Moment away, and and I, I like that aspect of it. I mean, the football sometimes isn't as good, obviously, but it's actually surprised me. The the standard of football at the level we're at. It's definitely got there, hasn't it? I, I think it's similar for, for me as well, really. Like, when we go into those
1: first games of the season, like we'd be Glossop. and then when we went to those games at like Cole and, and, and things, like, we just started off like a house on fire, didn't we? Basically playing 4-2-4 with the Sajan and Palmer out wide and, and Priggs and Benito in the middle and we were just hammering teams. Took a bit of a dip, obviously, and then we'd change manager now and changed pretty much the whole team. But the, the football now is like... Possession based football, isn't it? It's, it's good. And I mean, his dad went to came to the um, within Shore game, I think, or the West digby game, and he was a bit like umming and iron really about what the football was going to be like, and wanting to come because it's everyone's going mad for it in the community, aren't they? Still, um, and I, when I saw him last week after it, he, he couldn't believe it, and he said he's going to come down to more games, and he said the football was actually good, actually good. He said, uh, I can understand people thinking that it's not going to be, but we've got a good team now, haven't we? From division yeah. players from divisions above.
0: I mean, I think as the, for a neutral, like, you know, coming down watching the game, you see goals, you know, you, you see some tackles flying in and for a neutral, it's actually decent. I mean, even them games where we probably, at the beginning of the season, where we, we threw away leads and, you know, could have played better. We, you were still coming down watching a game of football that were like four or five goals every game. I mean, you know, the... As a neutral, you can't complain, can you? Yeah, there
1: was always
0: goals, wasn't it? Like uh, both teams to score as a banker every game,
1: pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, like I said, for neutrals, it's great. For us, not so much. When we were going 1 0 up, and then you may concede, and, and then we're keeping those clean sheets, aren't we, now? Which
0: another one on, on Saturday, you you went, didn't you, to Kendall? Yeah, yeah. We were class, really. Best performance of the season for me. thought we looked absolutely solid start to finish. Yeah, I so saw the, I didn't manage
1: to go, um, and i didn't either, but I saw the highlights, and we've looked good on the highlights, so They just looked like we're just so composed now on the ball, getting forward and creating chances. I think Briggs
0: hit the, the bar as well, didn't he? Yeah, good save from their keeper. I mean, they had probably had the first 15 minutes, I think, and, and that was it. And all it was was long ball, down to the, up to the striker, put a bit of pressure on a few set pieces. Harry Wright made a good save, first half early doors, Think like kind of point-blank range, kind of pushed it over, and then after that, that were it. I don't, you know, first half was after that 15, we got the grip. Scarisbury got that goal and then kind of, that was it, they went then. Second half was probably similar. They come out at first five minutes, but, but that were it. I think Carrie Wright probably got a bit cold in the second half, to be honest.
1: It's just, it's just great to see, isn't it? Like their third in the division. And obviously we had that game against them at home that we're just taking it to these teams now and, and just seem to be so professional about it. Just, just getting the job done. And even when we are going one or two nil up, Still managing the game, but then still pushing to get another one as well, and, and completely put it to bed.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's it, you know it's frightening looking at it. Like we, you know, you think about the lads on the bench, and probably the lads who started this season. You know, you've you've got Comer to come back, you've got Palmer, and you've got Lowe to walk back into that team. You know, like, pff, tough job in it, picking who's going to start and who's going to sit on the bench now.
1: Well, that's it, isn't it? we've just got so many good, so many good players now, especially in those attacking positions that. It's going to be a tough job for him, and obviously Briggs has been the one really who's sat quite a few games out, at least been sat on the bench despite scoring so many goals at the start of the season. And it's good to see him get run out and play well at the weekend. But yeah, it's sort of like people always say, don't know. It's a good problem to have, but it may become a problem when Palmer's back as well because Palmer's so good. And when he was on with us a couple of weeks ago, he said that the manager wants him. So
0: well, what do you do? Go and play eleven? Yeah, and when say that new Sam Burns made his debut on. Saturday, and he, he were a right player, you know, he strong, quick, physical, I mean, I think their full-back bounced off him about five or six times, sat him down a couple of times, but just dangerous all over the pitch, and it's, you know,
2: probably McNabb's got a proper tough job going forward. He's a good signing in that style, I think, because he's 21, he's got not a lot, but some EFL experience, if, we, if he's good enough and if we can get him under a contract, then it's a good investment, I think. Because he's got twenty-one, so he's got a long career ahead of him.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think we we, we have got a youngest squad, haven't we? I don't I, you know, I don't think there's many that old. You know, if I, I were in it, I'd be the oldest one now. So probably
1: most teams, to be fair. <laughs> to fair, uh, yeah. Well, I guess we, especially with like Jimmy Moore going and things like that, it's a couple of other players going, it is, isn't it? But like Conor has been so good, and he's obviously got a, a red card on the team, and then we've, we should just brought a player in. Which I think is, nobody was, well, some people were sort of crying out for, for people to be replaced, just to be replaced for sake of it, because he played for AFC, which I wasn't one of those really. I was just, if people were playing well, then they were playing well, let's just keep them. But we were sort of crying out for reinforcements, weren't we? We wanted Welsh to bring in a midfield area. Definitely we needed reinforcements. And I think McNabb's now just shown, maybe for him, it's easy. But how easy it is, like, surely people want to play for Barry FC, don't they, in front of 3,000 fans? Like, Palmer was buzzing about that. And it's a pull, isn't it? So people want to come drop from divisions above. And it just shows, isn't it, as soon as someone gets suspended for three games, we've just signed someone like Burns and then we're like, wow, he's
0: great. But then we've got, we've got Conver to, to come back. It must put pressure on the lads, you know, to perform as well. Though Those that aren't, you know, those that are starting. You, you look at that team sheet now, and we've just said you've got three Possibly, like you know, starting players to come back. You look at that that starting eleven. There's pressure on all of them because there's someone to come in every position. Now, probably barring like you know your, your centre halves, really. But Jepson and uh, Moore, you know, the class. No one's getting in front of them anyway.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I think after a couple of games, I can't remember which game it was. Away game, Glossop, maybe somewhere where we had four on the bench and one was a goalkeeper. It looked like that to the point where he'd sort of cut the squad then and got rid of a lot of players. And I always thought it's great that we've probably needed a smaller squad, but what happens if someone does get injured and especially centre-halves is probably going to hurt us quite a lot. But then maybe it's just a case of
0: he's doing it with the strikers where he's just bringing people in. Maybe it would just be that easy there, but... Yeah, yeah. But I, mean, I, th- I think we just keep getting better as well. You know, every game, I, kind of, I think I've said it twice this season, I think, oh, that, that was a solid performance, that would a good performance, but... Saturday was just like proper professional job. They just didn't look panicked at all at any stage of the game. After taking a pretty ridiculous six
1: point deduction, which was six points no matter what people were saying, however it wants to be dressed up to go into Kendall as well. Because obviously there's pressure there because if we'd got beaten and within insured had won, then we go second, don't we? Have to be in seven clear. So that was just massive it was a massive, massive result, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean I I think you know Looking at another way, I, th- I think that six point deduction probably going to do us a bit of a favour. To be honest, you know, if if that don't fire a rocket, up you was a player, then you know, there's no hope. I, I honestly think those lads moving forward now, you know, there's nothing worse than a wounded animal, is it? Like they they, they want to go for it.
1: I think though, it, it looks like,
0: like you said, the team's just
1: looking so professional and so rounded now that maybe we'll be coming to the end of the season and we'll be looking and saying, well, those six points didn't matter. Yeah. How far? How how far ahead? How far? are you going to put a not quite a shake on it um part of the the show yet how many points how many points is it going to be at the end of the season so i'm so assuming here that we're
0: going to win the league but <laughs> yeah what we're playing at minute i but, you know I, I can't see us losing another game and that you know that, that is a statement that I, i've already done a shake it with benito said i'm going to get a Briggs and low tattoo if if we win the league so that's that's my shake it
1: <laughs> what about
0: if it's
1: a good job that Briggs. Well, hopefully, he's going to continue to play games. But what about if he goes? Oh, I think, I
0: think the um, small print was they both had to be very players at the end yeah. of the season. I think that were it. You might, he might be okay. Hopefully, he stays because obviously he's some, some, some goal scoring. And
1: hopefully, he'll start scoring again yeah, soon. Brilliant. Yeah, especially start season. Oh. I think I might have said this in the, the on the first show, but it's just like ball drop in the box. He's there scoring every time.
2: Yeah, poachering it. But oh, just looking yeah. at like. I was looking at previous seasons in this division and, like, to be fair, if you look at the past five or six seasons, I could be wrong you, but from what I saw, the most the team that actually won the league lost was about five games. We've already hit that, but so have all the teams around us, so the point tally is going to be a lot lower this year than it has been on any other year. It's going to be quite close going into, like, the final end, so I reckon we could win it on, like, 92 points, maybe high 80s, but I don't think we'll get near 100.
1: Yeah. I think they may we may end up with a not sizable gap, but I think there may be a bit of breathing space towards the end of the season, though. Because I just think that game that we played against Kendall at home, since then, I think they've dropped points. There's games where I've seen them play and they've dropped points. And I thought, it makes you think, oh, crap result for us But uh, when we played against them. But there's cracks there for the teams, whereas we now just seem to be getting more solid. Like Maybe we made the change of manager at the right time and the players have come in and now they've gelled. But the amount of clean sheets that we're keeping compared to how many that we weren't keeping any, it just makes you think like, how. don't want to jinx us now, but like, how how are we going to, how are we not going to keep winning?
0: Personally, I think withenshaw they're the ones I think they are quietly behind us, sneaking up games in hand, which, you know, it's going to end up, I think the best thing about Gig Lane, isn't it? Like, games aren't going to get called off under, like, unless it's exceptional circumstances, and nowhere else has that league, you know, it's going to be end of the season, we'll play pretty much all our games, and, Teams are going to be playing, you know, two, three times a week to catch up. And that's what, you know, a bit like what AFC had last year. That's what it's going to be like. So I think, you know, gig lane, as much as teams step up at gig lane, I think gig lane is a positive, that side of thing that will have everything played. The Withenshaw game, we were, we were supposed to play the next year,
1: I think, weren't we? But it's been moved now. I'm sure that's right. We're playing them in December now instead. Yeah, it, like,
2: I'm sure it's we like 5th of December. Night. So yeah, 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 Tuesday in December.
1: Yeah, which is good. I feel like it's good. To play, well, at least to play them soon the way that we're playing and just get it out of the way, you know, rather than pressure going into it after they've played the gaming hands and things like that. Get it out of the way, beat them, hopefully, and then just crack on with it and play against other teams.
0: Because obviously, we've played Kendall twice. We've still got to play Westwich and things, but. We're still going to play a lot of teams like low half of the table.
1: Yeah, right. Like
0: you, you look around that top half, we've played pretty much all of them, you know, like some of them twice as well. So, you know, that goes in our favour, doesn't it? So for the rest of this month, obviously, we've got Pilkington, Ramsbottom and, and Skelmsdale.
1: We haven't played any of those yet. And then I think we've got Longridge. And then, yeah, we played Withenshaw. And then by then, we'll have played Withenshaw twice, who are second. If Kendall are still third, we'll play them twice. Withenshaw Town, we'll play them twice. It's good, in it? We're just sort of crossing them all off and then
0: hopefully getting on with the job. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does at Ramy, whether he, plays his, you know, whether he plays a proper team or kind of sacks it off. I think that, that'll be an interesting one. Oh, yeah, sorry. That, that runs game in November is the
2: Macron, Macron cup? cup. Yeah, Maybe Macron yeah.
1: Cup, yeah. I think he'll rotate thought, that.
2: Yeah, like, I know it's a Saturday, so without a game, but I'd still like him to rotate and just give stones that haven't been getting a game and try and influence what the other 23's in. Yeah, it yeah. might not be like the gloss board, but
1: because now we've probably got, especially with players coming in, probably players who will want minutes and things, so.
2: Yeah, no, I think he should use the result this Saturday as an indicator of what he should do, so obviously. If we go and win this game in the vase, then I don't think we need that extra cup with the Macron, so we can give the other like the reserves a go. Whereas if we get knocked out in this cup, then I wouldn't mind seeing us going on a bit of a run in the Macron Cup. But I don't think we need both of them.
0: Uh, VARs and league, that, that for me, you know, trip to Wembley potentially. You know, it's too good to turn up and like oh, turn down. Sorry, but this season, first season back. Gig Lane, trip to Wembley,
2: top. We move on to the three-word reviews. So we've got Will, who's kindly joined us today. Scaris Big was class. He put on Twitter. We had Kate Hall with solid three points. Stu Foster with keep it going. Liam Alexander-James, never in doubt. Rob Black, too much sauce. Ryan Jackson-Fogg, complete solid performance. And we had Gaza with berries going up. Finally, we had Just Sayin' with mint cake melts.
0: How was it going, Will? You
2: know, it, it weren't too bad, actually.
0: You know, big big stand behind the goal. They had, like, two little stands on the far side. But yeah, it had the feeling, like, on Saturday, like, it was the first proper away game, if you get me. I did the whole week. I went up on Friday night I and mean, stayed over. You know, going on Twitter and seeing people, like, get in the train at 10 o'clock. I went out for a big breakfast and then see, like, Bury fans walking through at, like, you know, half 11, you know, already... Half cut and chanting Berry songs and meeting in the pub and stuff. It, it was just it actually felt like berry were back kind of thing, you know, Saturday. Going into ground. It would find that, you know, and, and their chairman was stood on, stood on the door, welcoming everyone in. And he kind of on the way out, he was like thanking all berry fans and said top atmosphere, you know, shaking everyone's hand, saying like can't wait to play us again and and all that. And you know, it kind of felt on Saturday, it's like what Bury fans were about.
1: And it's I think it's true that actually I feel like we've not had a good Saturday away like away fixture. Obviously, we had well, I think West Ham in Charlton, which was on a on a Saturday, but obviously the, the tickets were limited. But then we started off the season with like a few Tuesday nights, uh, a call and, and so on that were localish. But then I feel like the Saturdays haven't been so good. So. You're probably, you're probably right. It's probably that feeling as well, isn't it? And people being able to get the train there. But yeah, he was. He, he seemed sound, the, the chairman. He messaged me because obviously we were trying to get the tickets for the Norwegian lads, which managed to get. So they got in. But he messaged me after the game saying, I'm sure he'd be fine me saying this, but he said, if you don't walk the league with that team,
0: then he knows nothing about football, is what he said. So he must have been impressed as well. He must be on the same boat and not lose another game, will you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Shake on it. <laughs> um,
0: and I think...
2: There's a thank you, Drew, as well for him helping us with tickets for our very FC Norway fans. So yeah, big shout out to the Kendall chairman.
1: Yeah, I think the lads enjoyed the game, didn't they? Elliot yeah, did.
2: Well, they look like it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Elliot, who's um, he's not joined us tonight, but he he did his shots, which we put on Twitter. He had them. I think he might still be recovering from those three strawberry tequilas, and he's not quite made it on tonight for to record with us. Although he got me back, actually, or I got myself back, because. We had a bit of a, we were a couple of tweets, and um, obviously we were playing football on Sunday morning. And my assumption was, if he's been out all day on the on the lash, that he's going to turn up on Sunday. Firstly, that army would put him on the bench, and he started him. So I said that I'll do a shot for every goal that he scores on Sunday morning. Thankfully, it was just the one, and I was even surprised at that. To be fair, and it was he, he took it well. Actually, it was a good goal, but I was expecting him to turn up. Typical Sunday Sunday morning football. Hungover. Play ten minutes. And I'd be safe, but Armin, I think Armin did me dirty there and he put me on the bench. Not yeah. surprised. I'm not surprised either. Rubbish. So thank you for joining us, Don. It was obviously. A very strange time when you uh, finished at Bury. Could you tell us a little bit about how you came to join Berry and how you felt at the time?
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so I remember um, I was at Stoke at the time in the reserves. Just I needed a loan, couldn't couldn't really get one. Um, was struggling. Went to Bristol Rovers and then I played against Berry for Bristol Rovers. I was having a bit of um, a tough time there. What just wasn't playing frustrated, had a word with the manager or whatever and he wanted to sign me at the end of the season at Bristol Rovers but I said I needed more game time basically. Came on at the weekend for half an hour against Berry. We won 2-1. So, from then, um, I knew Ryan Kidd from when I was under 16 at Blackpool and he was, he was so good, mate. Honestly, best coach I've had like young youngsters. He was, he was so good. So, Ryan Kidd obviously it was I think he'd stepped up at the time when Lowy was manager just to help out for a bit. Um and then Lowy said off that half an hour that was enough to sign me sort of sign me in the summer and then uh I went back to Stoke. They'd offer me another another contract but I just knew I needed to get out so I ended up trying to force my way out of there so to speak and ended up at Berry and yeah the <laughs> the roller coaster started from there really.
1: I guess it's very, very a little bit more local as well. I guess than than flat down at Bristol Rovers.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. To be fair, I've I've always been quite easy with where I play and where I end up. I've sort of like just followed the football and not really followed the map itself. Do you know what I mean? You see some lads like say if you're from the West and they all sort of play for similar teams, but I've sort of just followed the footy type type of thing. But yeah, it was class to be on mate. I remember. When I was at uh, Bristol Rose, it used to take me three and a half hours or something to get home, and then all of a sudden on a Tuesday night, I'm getting home in 28 minutes. It was, <laughs> it was glass.
1: <laughs> so what, what was it like when you first, first signed for Barry then?
3: Exciting for me. Yeah, very exciting. I was just buzzing to be back in that men's environment. I really liked Lowy and Chewy. The pair of them, I just liked the way they were. They were proper good people, do you know what I mean? And... Well, said to me, he said that he'd been offered me a year before, but he didn't know enough about me, you know, like he proper does his due diligence on players and sort of so shooing. Now, you know, where at Plymouth and yeah, it was just class, mate. I just remember going in there. Obviously, we were training at City's old training ground, Carrington, at the time, so it was like this is this is all right. Little did I know it weren't getting paid for. Like, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was just class. We had a with re- the squad we had was way too good for League 2. I remember my first session we were doing like 3v3s, little small-sided games and you just had like J.O. O'Shea, Danny Meyer, Dansey, Nicky Maynard. I don't know if he'd signed at the time, Nicky Adams, you just had some players I'm thinking, because at the time I thought I could play a lot higher than League 2. You sort of, I think until you go to the level you disrespect it a little bit, especially lads you know, who were at Prem Clubs or have played at a higher level, you, you sort of disregard it and I see it all the time with managers who Drop down our players and they just don't respect the level. It's it, it's good. It's it's a really good competitive level. And our squad was way better than Lee too. So yeah, it was eye opening for me. But I, I was just buzzing to get my teeth stuck into it. To be fair, we, um we tried getting me in the week before when we played Rangers away. Said we wanted to play me 45 in that in pre season, and I was gutted. It was just dragging on getting the transfer sorted at Stoke. So it, that never actually happened. But yeah, it was just. Class for me to be back in that men's environment, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a good team that we had, and I think even the season before we had so many we would we were just going out signing players from everybody, and it was just crazy. And I think Rhyndlo ended up trimming a lot of that squad and brought in a few people like self, and then it was great. It, obviously, it was the the season that we ended up getting expelled from from the football league, so it was obviously a sad season, but well, the season after that, but well, it was the last full season that we had at that point and the football that we yeah. played was, was probably unrivaled to what I've seen from watching Berry in the last 15 years or so. It was it was unreal, really.
3: Yeah, it was just, it was, a, it was a mad year. I mean, like, when I probably went in pre-season, we still had that bulk of players who you'd been signing the year before and it was like, some of them were some serious players, you know what I mean? Serious players. But I, I, I think Lowy gets a lot of credit for that year because he did trim the squad down a lot and his sort of the lads he brought in and the lads who pretty much took us up we're all on modestly two wages it wasn't anything daft like you know what I mean i think a lot of the um the daft monies were spent sort of in the past that's where the debt sort of racked up because that season you know, it, it, any League Two club would have lads on more money, less money. Do you know what I mean? It was just a, a modest budget. We ended up being skinned. <laughs> club level and personal level.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it was strange because I think we were always aware that there was, there was something a little bit sketchy going on. And obviously it, it came to light towards the end of the season. I think the last, was it a three or four months or so, that you, you stopped getting paid.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was for me when the when the chairman come in. I remember that first week and there was a bit of a buzz around the place because we'd been getting paid late and stuff like that. So everyone's thinking, you know, panic over type thing initially. I remember the first, I think it was the first month he, he took over. Yeah, it was. It was the first month he took over. We got paid 10 days late, but I just bought a house. So if, and I i only had 5% extra that I could have put into my house. And if I'd have done that, I would have missed my first mortgage payment because he just <laughs> didn't pay us on time. Which is you know, it's shambles. But that first week he he came in and we had architects at the training ground, we had all this stuff and we're all thinking that in Italy, what well, you know, we're having a real goal, we've got a team that's up there, we know we've got got the ability to go up, we've now got the backing, and then took a few days and the lads are thinking like, "Should sure we rent this training ground and you can't really build on rented stuff. And then we're, it was just a few cracks started appearing and then you get paid late and then you think, oh, hold on a minute, this probably isn't what it's cracked up to me, do you know what I mean? I remember the
1: first thing that I thought was when he came in, he was talking about that, he was about building it and using it for the community and building all this sort of stuff on it. I just thought, why? We've got literally the best training ground in at least our division division above, in like, competing with Championship, like, used to be used by Man City, and he's coming in saying that he wants to improve it, like, seemed a bit strange.
3: Yeah, it was strange, it, I mean, initially, obviously everyone's ears prick up, and everyone's buzzing, I remember speaking to my mum, and she was like, well, what do you think about him, and stuff, and I said like, he's saying all the right things, but you just never know, especially in football, like, sort of being the position he's in, I don't know, has he been as straight down the line as, you know, has it all been Roses, or, is there a few little little cracks? Do you know what I mean? And then obviously they started started appearing. But it's weird when when ever I have to speak to anyone, I, I actually saw Danzy the other day, and we just buzzed like we 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 had such a close group. And I think with all that going on behind the scenes and with the chairman and stuff, it just brought everyone closer, which I think.
4: Is a blessing in
3: a way. It's, I mean, it's so sad, but you obviously got to look at the positives and like around that time we were just so close and sticking together. And even lads who normally probably wouldn't get on were really getting on. Do you know what I mean? It was around that sort of time, Christmas time, when um, we had a chef in and he used to cook breakfast and lunch for the lads at like, he'd be in before anyone else and he'd leave after everyone else. He'd cook and wash up himself for probably. 50, 60 people, like staff and players. Do you know what I mean? I remember once he was like, he was a big fella. Do you know what I mean? And he was a bit upset. And a few of the lads were talking, like, what's up with him? Because he was, you know what I mean? He was friendly and stuff, but he he weren't right. He'd not been paid for six weeks, and it was his son's birthday, and he said he didn't have a fiver to get him a card on 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 the same day. So, but then, yeah, and that's what we were dealing with on a daily basis. Not just staff, but play any, anyone around the place who weren't getting paid that's what was happening and then went to Cashwine to go and get him some some money out. Not a lot, but just to help him out, do you know what I mean? And there's about six lads already there and no one had said like, come on, let's go and get him some money. That just sums up the type of group that was there, do you know what I mean? And how it brought everyone together.
1: It's it's amazing really, isn't it, that something, like when it's going so wrong like that that everyone can pull together because even at that time at Christmas it was probably before the time that fans were sort of aware that people were stopping to get paid and then maybe it was the staff first that stopped getting paid before the the plays did but going back to what you were saying about your mortgage payments like you just bought a house like people just assume that footballers are loaded and it doesn't affect them uh, at sort of any level but everybody no matter how much they're earning uh, what situation they're in still have overheads don't they?
3: 100% and I think Especially at our level in League Two, do you know what I mean? I know lads that have played the full careers in League Two and haven't got anything to show for it because they just, it's month to month, do you know what I mean? It's a normal wage at the end of the day. And obviously, sometimes you get a little bumper or you'll end up taking a pay cut here and there, but we're all normal people. And like for me, I was buzzing, bought my first house, signed a two year deal thinking, this, you know, this is me, I can get settled. I, I really like the feel of the place. And then, yeah, you, <laughs> you're you scratching your head thinking, how am I going to pay my mortgage here? Yeah. But then, you know, luckily I kept five percent out. But if I didn't have that five percent, or if I'd have put it in my house, I probably wouldn't own a house now. Do you know what I mean? Because of how long it it lasts on you on your record and stuff. So it's yeah, it, it was it was a tough time. But I think the main one for us like our motivation was the staff. I know it's cliche, but they are the heartbeat of the club. You know, like kitmen and you know people behind the scenes, and you just think because obviously we are. We earn slightly more than what some jobs in football do, do you know what I mean? So when you see them people struggling and you think, oh, you know, like we were probably priority, and although we got paid late, we still got paid, whereas some people working behind the scenes wouldn't get paid, and you can you can, you can can see it and you can feel it. It was it was horrible. It was a proper tough time, but yeah, every time I look back on it, I don't have any bad memories, you know what I mean? Just some great people. Yeah, so you
2: know? I think it was around April time, when like rumours started getting strong about players not getting paid and I think there was a meeting and at that point like what was it that made you want to carry on playing despite knowing that you don't know when the next payment's going to come?
3: Yes well if I'm being brutally honest it got to a point where we were all skint pretty much and helping each other out where we could our heads were all gone because we're thinking if we carry on playing and get injured we don't know what's going to happen it's the unknown you know like I think Everyone had a tie to the club because, you know, you play for clubs sometimes and you get a bit of stick or you, you don't really create that bond. But everyone had that because of the situation that was going on, whether they were northern lads or southern lads or foreign lads, it was irrelevant. Everyone had that bond because they could feel the pain of like the people behind the, behind the scenes and stuff. And yeah, it was, it, we got to a point where we just said, look, we, we don't know what's going to happen next year. We, we might have, we might the lad, you know. For me, I signed a two-year deal. I might play that, I might have that extra year. I might not have that extra year. There's lads who didn't kick a ball, you know. They what what happens then? You know what I mean? If 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 it does go under, and we sort of all just sat down and said, look, we, we we'll we'll be remembered as the ones who threw it away because we were in such a favourable position. And as much as now we sit here and say, you know, you weren't getting paid, and how did you do it? And it was so good. I think if we would have. Bottled it and not gone up. People sort of create their own narrative, don't they? And we'd have looked like lads who just chucked it in. So we all realise that whether you're, you know, washing the dishes or whether you're playing and scoring every week, whatever you're doing, if we do get promoted and everything goes tits up, we'll all end up in a better position than if we throw it away. You know, whatever that, whatever that'll be, if it's a, a new club, if it's a new role behind the scenes somewhere. You know, whatever it was, we'd all be better off if we did go up. And it was, it was tough. There was, you know, a lot of conversations where lads are going, well, there's two months left of the season. If I play tomorrow, I'm not insured because he's not paying the insurance bill. I could do my ACL, be out for nine months, and that's my career over. But at the same time, look at how far we've come, and, you know, we can't, we can't throw that away because, especially in football, the, the narrative that will get spun on it will be that, it was our fault, but uh, it it was a, it was an horrible position to be in, but I think every credit to the manager, the assistant, uh, Shiri and Lowy, and as well, I think what doesn't get enough credit is the leaders in the group, you know, like the senior lads, you got, you had your Nicky Adams, your Murphs, Danzies, all them types of players who, like for me, I'd sort of go with the floor, do you know what I mean? I, I think because it was my first proper season and in the football league, I'd never been in a situation like that before. I'd never heard of a situation like that before. So for me, I was kind of just going with the floor, but them influential characters in that dressing room would not let us sack it off or they wouldn't let us not get promoted. It was, it was the be all and end all. Do you know what I mean? It was life and death. And I think them characters have a massive part to play. Yeah. They don't, you know, us as a collective get credit for what we went through that season but I think they were massive they are big in any team but especially when you're going through stuff like that you need you need lads like that to keep keep a smile on your face you know what I mean do
0: you lads see any of the money back because I know I heard a rumor online that the PFA um would have helped you out did did you ever see any money owed
3: so the PFA gave us 50% of our so we had obviously our basic salary and then you'd get appearance fees or win bonuses goal bonuses stuff like that it's just a generic Football contract, but we'd get half of our basic salary. So you'd basically get every month you'd get two weeks of your basic pay off the PFA, which was a loan. So that was for three months, I think, four months. But then it wound me up as well at the end because in the summer, so we'd all been living off that. But but I, I won't name names, but there was, I know for a fact there was one lad who probably had two years left on his deal. I think he had three houses and he knocked all the mortgages down to that two years. So he knew. For a, he knew for a fact he's probably his last two years in professional football he could you know he could live in really but pay these mortgages off and it'll help him in his next step of his career but in that as massive mortgages for two years then we're not getting paid it was big problems you know what I mean massive problems but so yeah we, we got two weeks two weeks of our salary off the PFA as a loan and then in the summer I remember in the summer when uh, it was in it must have been in July because I went in pre-season and it was just carnage and then obviously Lolly came in for me at Plymouth and that was, was, that's another story but yeah, so I then, I remember I was at the gym just trying to keep fit. I met my mate for a coffee after and I'm sat there and I just got a a payment in my bank and it was my three month salary because my three month salary were less than the fee that Plymouth were going to buy me for. Basically the chairman paid me my wages to then be entitled to that fee off Plymouth. But then I'm getting paid because. They sold me. No one else is getting paid at that time. I don't know the ins and outs of who got what, but I know for a fact if you didn't get sold or, you know, if you were in a unfortunate position and you're not played that much that year or you were a bit older or whatever, I don't think anyone saw it, no. But there's like the, um, all the bon. I never saw any bonuses, like the promotion bonus and we got to the semi final checker trade as well, didn't we? So that bonus, goal bonuses, win bonuses, never saw any of them. So I'm still owed a lot of money, like, but I'll I'll never see it again. And I'm not bothered, to be honest. It's it comes and goes, doesn't
1: it? You did alright in the checker trade as well, didn't you?
3: Flying. <laughs> yeah, it was a good job as well. Got my tally up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably owed a few quid from goal bonuses from that competition, I think. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> but I think what you're saying there, I think when when Lowe left, I think it just hit for us. Obviously we knew what was going on. And when he left, I think it just hit for us that this is sort of it now. And we, we ended up with Paul Wilkinson as manager. We, we were just like, Who, who's this sort of thing? And we were just, games were just yeah. getting abandoned every week, weren't they? And we were getting points deducted and it just wasn't happening oh, for man. And then it was, obviously you see like the manager, the assistant manager, and like the core of the squad go to Plymouth. And then they obviously get promoted. Like for us afterwards, it was just like, could have been us. And then Fair now we're control. in
3: the
0: championship.
3: It should have been. It should have been, but that's life. I I remember the... So I went back, because I had my two-year deal, I went back into training. The first day of pre-season, 1st of July, I went back in. We had no manager. We had about six players, eight players, but I had to go in because if I had not done it, it would have been a breach of contract and they could have fined me. You know, I I was entitled to my money. I needed my money, so I went back in. We had no manager. We had no way of training. So me and Craig the Kitman just did some boxing because he he was... um, he was Andy Craig, to be fair. Top, top guy. Like, unbelievable bloke. So, yeah, I remember me and him were doing some boxing. I, I loved it, to be fair, but he gave me a few little cheap shots in the ribs. <laughs> Didn't enjoy that. But, um, yeah, I remember Paul Wilkington came in and um only spoke to him for 20 minutes or something And I remember... Uh, no, so this... There, I think there was someone... I can't remember his name. But it was a fella who came in from... Um, I think from the women's team or something like that to sort of oversee stuff and be the link between the chairman and I, I just went into him this was still before we had a manager and I said look I, I, I need to go Plymouth are in for me I've not been paid in four months it's not fair like you, you need to just let me let me leave please because uh, you know I've got all it, so I've got it's my it's my livelihood you know what I mean I need to go I need to leave he said right let let me just speak to the chairman we'll get something sorted so he came back to me and I, I said to him, Lowy was me and Lowy we get on really well and it's very black and white with me and him. It, it, there was no like, oh, can we, what about this? Or so It was like, look, we'll pay, t- ask them what they need and we'll we'll see if we can do it. So I sp- went in spoke to him and um, I think it was 60 grand or something. So I rang Lowy, I was panicking a bit to be fair, I felt like <laughs> agent, agent Telfi rang him and I just said, look, they've, they've just said 60 grand and he said, right, no worries, give it half an hour, the bid will go in and then it should be sorted. So I'm there thinking, Perfect you know best of a bad situation to be fair, because there's still eight lads in there who don't have a club and don't have that call. you know what I mean, so I went in the gym, did some boxing again that day, went on that night, and I'm thinking it's going on a bit long this like why why have I still not had a call like it was just a bit a bit weird, it was a bit strange, so went in the next day, and that's the first day Paul Wilkinson was in, so I went in in the morning and I'm thinking like strangest. So I went into his office to speak to him, and he was saying to me, Dom, just. You know, just give it give it give me a week, give me a week. And I said to him, Well, with all due respect, I I, I don't know you as a person you know, you can speak to anyone about me, I'm I'm black and white. He was trying to tell me it was gonna change and stuff like that. I said, I've been here throughout the whole ordeal last season. I've not been paid in four months. I promise you it's not gonna change and man to man, football aside, just run a mile. I was like it it's it's carnage, you're not gonna you're not gonna get the answers you want when it's just it'll it'll mentally tear you apart um and he was saying just come out and train with us today and and just see how we do things and stuff so to be fair to him i was going to go out and train so i went in the changing rooms got got my kit on and then i thought hold on what am i doing here because if i get injured when i'm training this this move will be off because i was speaking to him about the move i said look i've basically had a, a fee agreed i'm i am leaving and then I went to see that fellow. I, I forget his name, and he it wound me up to be honest. He was sat there smug in his chair. So I said, um, I said, what's like, what, what's the cracker? I, I don't understand why I'm still here because you know they asked for sixty grand. I spoke to Loi. I know the bid went in half an hour later. I just don't, I don't know what what's going on. And uh, he sat there and just smiled at me and said, Oh, the chairman wants hundred grand now. So I, <laughs> I was like, right. So you shot my hand yesterday. We agreed sixty. And now, you, now you've got your 60, you're telling me that he wants 100. He was like, yeah. So I lost my head, to be fair. I was just I just had enough. And uh, he said to me, just have, he'd not seen what was going on, do you know what I mean? So it was a bit, wasn't a personal attack on him, but he said to me, just be careful how you go about this, Dom. Just be respectful in the way you handle this situation and all that. And I lost my head again. I was like, respectful? I said, I've played for this club for four months without getting paid. I've done more than... I should have done, I've put my body on the line for this club, I've got this club over the line, I've done everything I can possibly do, I've been giving money out, never mind fucking getting it back, pardon my friend, sorry, you know what I mean, I I was like, don't talk to me about respect, because it's all been one-sided, and I've had enough, so then I just went and got my stuff, and uh, went home, and I was sat at home for 10 days before they could agree a fee, and then they ended up having to pay 100 grand, because he was sat smug, happy days, Asked for some, it knew he could get a bit more, and that summed him up really, didn't it? It but wasn't
1: I was, Dave, I was, Dave Jones, was it? Because I know he came in from he used to manage Cardiff, didn't he? He turned up weirdly.
3: I, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you his name, but it was a, it was, a, it was just a weird situation because I'd obviously experienced what I'd experienced for that four months that we hadn't been getting paid, and even before that we were getting paid late and off third parties and stuff, and it was just weird. But yeah, once, once I'd had that chat with him, and he was talking about respect. It, <laughs> it it didn't sit too kindly with me but then when I went home I was sat at home for 10 days thinking what if like what if this never gets sorted I ain't got a, ain't got a job <laughs> so it was a it was a tough time it was a proper tough time but yeah and then the lads were training with six or seven and that was the last time I saw that manager to be fair I literally just went and got my stuff and went on I regret that a little bit to be honest because it's the only time in my career I've ever not been disrespectful but and it's mad to say that, considering I weren't getting paid. <laughs> like, who turns up to a job when they're not getting paid? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a strange, horrible situation.
1: I don't think anybody in any other walk of life would be going four months to a job and not getting paid, would they? But it seems seems to be expected by footballers because there's so much pressure on them and obviously there's large fan bases and going to watch them that it should be expected. So I don't think anybody and, would be for for blowing your top when someone's telling you that you should be continuing into another season not getting paid and risking a transfer?
3: Yeah, it was, it was it's just crazy. I mean, you're right, you wouldn't do it in any other in- industry but you, we weren't just doing it for us as as mad as it sounds and I know, I, you know, I've played with loads of footballers who aren't bothered about what the fans, you know, it's sort of like, it, it's a good way to block it out to be honest because it's not all roses everywhere, do you know what I mean? And a lot of places it's quite negative but, you could just feel that whether, I remember one week we got beat three times in a week, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and we were third and we dropped out and we were like, right, we need, we we had a proper bad like meeting where lads were just saying, sort of do or die. But even then we were getting clapped off and we'd just been beat three times in a promotion charge. You know what I mean? It was just like, how can you, how can you not do it for the people like that?
1: We got another promotion at Tramway, which is a bit of a habit for, for Barry. (laughs) Oh, that was, some, that was some night like that. The Saturday before we were supposed to play, when it? it, got called off. I think that's one of the best away days that I've been on, to be honest, and the, the game wasn't on. It was great. And then we had to, <laughs> we got, we got, It's probably a good job, because a lot of us, probably a lot of Berry fans, had been out early in Liverpool drinking, so we all got to come back sober on the Tuesday, I think, and... and
3: yeah, and, and actually remember it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah good times. Well, maybe we'll... Um, We'll lighten the mood a bit and we will we'll continue to bring back these um, bad memories I, that you've got. I, but to be honest, I, I
3: actually don't, I don't have any bad memories at all. I know it's like, we've obviously spoke about the money situation and stuff like that, but even then, if, if someone mentions Barry to me or or that year or the lads, I'd, honestly, all of that bad stuff just gets outweighed with all the all the good stuff and the good people and stuff like that. I, I, I never, ever look down on it and think oh, that was, a, that was a bad time, I was a tough time. You know, like all the all the money side of it and stuff, it's just artificial. It, it is what it is, do you know what I mean? Where you created proper bonds with people, which I don't think we would have created if it wasn't for that situation. So.
1: Yeah, and obviously a, a promotion eventually on your CV and then going to Plymouth and, and doing it all again with, with some of the same lads.
3: Yeah, yeah, class. it class. It was good. It was... It was it was strange to be fair because we'd sort of like just brought one club into another one and took over, but it was nice to keep them relationships going. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, especially moving so far and still having some of the the same odds there with you.
3: Yeah, definitely. Even like the messages and stuff. It, you know, it was nice down there because everyone sort of moved together and stayed tight and stayed close. And it, it, you know, it was, the the bombs that you you're sometimes making football but they come and go but you know we saw we saw like i saw Damson the other day and the lads were taking the mick at me on the bus saying how many times you just hugged him so i must have hugged him about 18 times (laughs) it's just buzzing to see him do you know what i mean
2: you made some good friends during your time at berry one of which kindly decided to send a message over just for this podcast so i'll play that for you now
4: hello lads hope you're all well i believe you've got Tyrion lannister on your podcast tonight Good luck with that one. Could be all asleep within five minutes. If I could describe his gear, what he's wearing, it'll probably be an Adidas track suit that's had more appearances than me in the Football League with a pair of Adidas superstars that are not even in fashion. But he got all that gear free when he was in Stokes Youth Team, like in a bundle pack, and he still wears it. Awful, awful human. But I love him to bits. Top guy. Don't see him that much anymore because his missus absolutely bullies him. Like on his wedding night, when he had to go to bed, uh, me and Williamson uh, had to send him upstairs because he can't handle it with the big lads. So me and Will, seen the night out with his mum and dad while he had to go to bed. Good boy. Up you go, Dominic. Love him to bits. My boy. One of the best left footers I've ever seen, even though he's really small. Have fun tonight, lads. All right. Take it easy on him. See you later. Bye-bye. Well, there's
3: Tintin. <laughs> Some fella, it? Some fella. That's not true about my wedding night, by the way. I was tired. Weren't anything to do with uh, booze. <laughs> oh, great fella. But yeah, he's right about them Adidas trackies. I can't believe I just absolutely poor.
4: I could use, use the excuse that I weren't getting
3: paid, but the trouble was they came down to Plymouth with me. I wore them every day there and all. <laughs> They've only just got it bin.
1: Lucky trollers.
3: Yeah. Oh, they were bad, some of them.
1: <laughs> he's definitely got some stories. We'll have, we'll have to try and get him on, I think, and then uh, you can you can get your own back on him.
3: Yeah, oh, well will do. He's a top, he's a top fella, Nicky. You'll do well getting an half an hour with him because he's got about nineteen kids, so it's just carnage in his house.
1: <laughs> I remember actually. He, didn't, didn't he take you all out on, on the lash in, in Bolton somewhere after he would um, after he had been promoted?
3: Yeah, we went his brother's pub in Brightman. Oh, first hour and a half ago and then after that I can't tell you much to be honest I've seen some footage and it looked fun but I couldn't, I couldn't tell you much what went on but yeah we um, we enjoyed ourselves Jesus Christ but even like I, I remember we had like a promotion party type thing and uh, Loey said to us that it, I think he'd sold 10 tickets to fans for like 500 quid each or a grand or something and um, that was our drinking money so he said like look there'll be some, some fans come in on the night out with you, but they're paying for your night, so make sure you're respectful to them and all that. But little things like that, you know, we we just made the most of everything.
1: Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've saw the video of of him two-footing you. I think it was in the pub.
3: That was a great tackle. To be fair, it's the first time that season that he actually put a tackle in as well, which was weird that it, we'd already gone up and it was me in a pub. <laughs>
1: He's been waiting all season to get you.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was—he was trying to get me in training and that, but he couldn't get anywhere near me. We were fossil by them, weren't he? <laughs>
1: he's still going. He's still going now.
3: Still going strong. He's—he's a, he's a freak, to be honest. I don't know how he does it. I, I don't know how he does it, but he loves it, doesn't he? It's what it's what he loves to do. And see some videos of him like chipping keepers and that. He must—he must have got some magic boots on or something because I never saw that.
1: <laughs> Berry fans would definitely love to see him back in a Berry, but... Yeah, Well,
3: yeah. Never say never. I think. He'd, he'll be playing when he's uh, got a walking stick, I think. So, <laughs> it, I don't think there's a the case of there was one more year of him. I, I think he'll just keep going until he literally drops. So, hopefully. I'd love to see it as well. Yeah, he's only around the corner, to be fair. Yeah.
2: Other than the promotion, obviously, against Tranmere. what was your favourite moment at Beria? Was there a goal or a certain game moment?
3: Um, Probably got two. I think we were... 3-1 down against MK Dons. I scored, it was, the game was a bit flat, and I'd scored in the 75th minute to make it 3-2, and we ended up winning 4-3. Funny story about that, actually, about Nicky Adams. He scored the fourth, he whipped it in and scored the fourth, and Nicky Maynard were about half a mile away from the ball. But Nicky had a goal bonus, and uh, Nicky Maynard had a goal bonus, and Nicky Adams only had an assist bonus, so they were arguing with rest for 20 minutes afterwards, trying to, <laughs> trying to get his change so Nicky had the goal. Thank you had the goal. Funny, but yeah, so I think that's probably that's probably one just because that spot that kicked us on a little bit. We got a bit of momentum off that and won a few games off the back of it. And then after that week we had when we played played three, lost three. I can't remember what time of the year it was. Maybe like February time. It was it was a cr- crucial time really, and everyone around us sort of dropped points as well, which was just so lucky. The next game we played Colchester, one two nil, and I scored two at home. I think that for me was. We'd had a meeting the day before and there was like some members of staff crying and stuff because they was, didn't have any money, do you know what I mean? And that was our motivation going into that game. And to win that game meant loads, do you know what I mean? And I'm not really one for running after the gaffer and giving him a big hug once I've scored through there. But yeah, I remember that was the first thing I did, just ran over to Lowy and everyone on the bench is just going nuts. So yeah, I'd definitely say them too, I think.
0: It was a 4-3, MK, Dons, 1, Gig lane's gone daft on Sky? Not that one.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the one yeah class good, good memories
0: yeah I remember that I remember
3: that
1: goal that uh, Nicky Adams slash Nicky Maynard one
3: yeah I mean my goal I, I can't remember if it was the right cent, side of centre half but I put the burners on and blitzed past him I'm thinking I've not done that for a while and it uh, turns out he'd been out for like seven months it was his first game back but still blitzed him so I was buzzing
0: you all <laughs> <old> count mate
3: <laughs> yeah not wrong you're not wrong <laughs>
0: You know that team that uh, we got promoted with. How, how do you reckon it would have done in League One season? After? Honestly, I they
3: think I think would have I think would have been up there hundred percent. I think if you look at what if you look at where Shuey and Lowy are now in the champ, and you look at the you know, so that's what we were. I feel like they could have got an average League Two team competitive in League One because of how good they are both of them and they both bring a different dynamic but I honestly feel like we had a very competitive League One team so I think if you put them that staff with even like the kit and stuff like Craig he was just class just, the lads loved him to bits and stuff like that goes a long way do you know what I mean Walsh, the physio the lads used to buzz off him there was just no riffs at all in the changing rooms I think that's massive like I've played in teams which have sort of punched above the weight because of how good the changing room is and how everyone gets on and I feel like if we'd have punched the above our weight, we'd have won the league, probably. You know, we were... Like Danny Mayer, he's still doing it now, five years later or whatever it is. Just takes a mick out of everyone. J.O., he'd scored 15 goals or whatever in League Two. I and mean, in you know, just some quality players, fads, bones. You, you look at the, the actual squad and everyone has gone on to, you know, play at a good, really good standard or, or has played at a really good standard. Do you know what I mean? So... I think without a doubt, especially you know most teams. If you get promoted in up a league, you get a backing and you get you able to bring in a few players. And I I, think, I feel like the players that Lowy had brought in would have been top lads for one, because I think he's famously said on an interview that he don't sign any knobheads, And it seeing that was funny. Yeah, I feel like you know he'd assign good good lads and with a good pedigree to have a good go. But it's all what ifs. Isn't it it could have been could have been tough for us. Could have struggled and you know sometimes you better left left wondering, aren't you? Who knows.
1: I remember like Neil Dans was so good for us and then I think he got injured and we signed Jordan Roster and it was just like, we just had those players. Just some real,
3: Yeah. Uh, he he got us up, Jordan Roster, I feel like. Because we had quite an expansive team and we, uh, Bonesy used to love stepping in. Stokes used to love stepping in. O used to love stepping in. All the back lads, really. We were just gung-ho type thing. Do you know what I mean? But you'd see Bonesy step in at right side of centre-half, spray a diagonal or whatever. it would get brought down and They'd be countering over his head because he'd stepped in, and Jordan Ross would just pop up and just smash them on. And then you know you're back, in, and you're thinking, "What? How, how's he got there?" Dan used to do the same before he got injured. Do you not know I mean? And, yeah, it was just, we just we just had. I think we we just had everything that we needed.
1: To be fair, going on to obviously the game that we played in May on Gig, the the, the player out of all of them was Neil Dans. Obviously, you have got everyone there like Dale Stevens and stuff like that, and, and Danny Mayer. But Neil Dans was was unreal. He's
3: just so good. He, I I can't believe how how good he is. I I can't believe how good he, he he was then. Even now, like you look at him when he went to Mac last season. Uh, was it last season or he had a start of last season? I think and the season before when he was playing manager and he's scoring goals for fun. You know, playing for his country and scoring goals for fun. He's just stuck the. I think because he's stuck the humble block. You don't really expect it a lot of time. Footballers who are decent have a bit of an ego, but he's just the most humble block in the world and. So good, like, but so good for the young lads to learn off, you know what I mean? You see a lot of experienced pros or pros of his standard who are just knobheads and you don't need them around the place, but he couldn't have been any better, honestly. The I couldn't speak highly enough for Dan on and off the pitch.
1: Plenty of hugs. <laughs>
3: yeah, by <about laughs> 18. <laughs> Only saw him for two minutes as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a top guy. So how is football going for you now then, yeah, Barrow? How are you enjoying that, being back up north
3: yeah, good. Thanks, mate. It's good. Just got married in the summer, so it's nice to be back around our families. To be fair, and uh, I, I don't. We, we were settled. We were comfy. We were not comfy on the pitch, but off the pitch, we just sort of settled in at Crawley, and then started the first four games of the season. Captain coming on the Tuesday, and the manager said, "Dom, I love you to bits. You know, I, I love you as a player, but you, you're never going to play for us again. It's come from above, and you're gonna have to leave." Which was a bit strange because I had two years left on my deal, and I'm thinking. Ah, oh, that's not what I need. Uh, I I love the manager, to be fair, and we got on really well, and I liked his style of play and stuff. And I'm just thinking, oh, the amount of times I've moved, I'm going to have to just start all this all over again, so to speak. And I didn't really want to do it, but um, yeah, I ended up getting a pay up from there, which softened the blow a bit. Mo- moved up here, and I was buzzing, to be fair. I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better club to sign for a manager and stuff like that? He's um, young, new ideas, up and coming sort of historically what, what I've always worked well under and yeah we've got we've got a lot of strikers to be fair we've got a few big lads who I'm enjoying playing up front with so I take a bit less battering every week but no we've got a really really good squad really good squad we've got a good balance of experience and legs yeah and it's it's just nice to be home it's nice for I think we didn't realize how how nice it is to be home until you are home like first week we were back and it was a Wednesday or Some oh no it was a Sunday I go around to my grandma and granddad's for a brew quite a bit and we've there for a brew. And normally, I'm clock watching, thinking you know, I've got a train to catch. And then uh, we're looking at each other, going, "Should we go? Should we go for some food?" I'm like, "Yeah, we'll go for some food." And it's just weird thinking we've actually got all day here, and then we're staying on tonight, and then we've got tomorrow as well. It's just, it's just so weird. But we're used to it now. I feel like that bedding in period that you always it just always takes time at new clubs. I feel like that's done now. You know, I, I know all the lads well now. Know how the manager wants to play, what he wants from me, and sort of how I'm going to be. Successful in his team, so yeah, I'm hoping to kick on and succeed. here. I, I feel like we've got all the all the ability to go, up, and uh, you know we're in and around it. So yeah, hopefully it's an exciting time.
2: Derby goal as well last week, didn't you against Woking?
3: <laughs> that was um yeah that was much needed. That I I've been in and out sort of when I've signed, and um, not blaming the manager at all. I, I've not been up to scratch, just not knowing. Like, it's, it's almost been, like, the left wing-back, he loves hanging the ball up, but I'm always running front stick, because at Crawley, it it'd always come front post, you know what I mean? Just little things like that, so I think it's took a bit of time for me to bed in, but that Morecambe game, yeah, I think it's good. It's, uh, scoring in derbies and stuff like that, just helps with the fans and stuff like that to back you and trust you a bit, and even your players, like, the, the players just you get that respect and they're buzzing because you get a little bit of a go, uh, win bonus. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's always nice.
1: If anybody asks any questions, then just show them that top goal scorer trophy. <laughs>
3: yeah. The old golden boots on the mantelpiece. That. It's, it's, more, it's still my WhatsApp picture. So I think it'll be there forever to be honest. I can't get rid of that. <laughs> Until the next one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Five, six years time, you're what? 33-34, in Conference North. Do you reckon we see you back in Berry Colours
3: again? 31-32, by the way. Thank you very much. I know <laughs> I've had a tough paper on <laughs> I, I would love to play for Berry again. I would love to. I'd love nothing more. Who knows? Who knows? I, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I always keep an eye out on how things are going on and stuff like that and it, it is a club that I have that many fond memories and stuff and it attached to a lot of people that are involved in it. So, I always look out to see how how they're getting on. And yeah, I'd love nothing more than one day take my kids to Gig Lane and watch me kick a ball about.
2: Yeah, I think I speak for all the fans when I say it'd be nice to see you back at Gig Lane, whether you're playing or you're coming down to watch. Yeah, nice one. Appreciate that. If the crowds that we're
1: getting now are are, are on par with what we were probably getting when you were playing, to be fair.
2: (laughs) It's crazy, isn't it? I think that just
3: goes to show how, how much love there is in that club because obviously... the the standards and the levels nowhere near what it was when all the fans were last watching but it's irrelevant isn't it it's a a lifestyle for so many people and it's like cliche but in your blood isn't it do you know what I mean it's in the families and as long as they're watching the team you know they're not bothered what what level it is and it's it's class to see to be fair because at one point that I, I didn't think that would happen. So, yeah, I'd love to get down to watch a game if um, if I'm ever not playing, have a few pints before I uh, oh, <laughs> hopefully play there if you, in a few uh, few years.
1: Pints are always going, aren't they, Armin?
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Armin, Armin had, a few, had a few beers on the first game of the season against Glossop, got a little bit carried away. But that game's been voided now. So, other than what I've just mentioned, I think Armin's taken that as the beers were voided as well.
3: Yeah, so free it. Do what you want. <laughs>
1: some quick-fire questions. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Any reasons?
3: Messi's just technically the best football I've ever seen. I, I like, I'd, I'd say Ronaldo's work ethic and his drive, but I think Messi's paved the way for small footballers. I know I get the piss taken out of me, because I'm not the biggest, but before Messi, obviously he had a couple, but he's been the main, like, five foot six and he's the best player on the pitch every week. So I think, for me, growing up, it was nice to see that, you know, a lot of people like now, a lot of people copy Pep Guardiola and Man City in the way they play, and at that time, people were copying Barca with Messi. So it was it was a little bit like, oh, well, if he's good enough, then maybe we should give him a chance, do you know what I mean? So I feel like I've benefited from Messi being as good as he is.
1: Yeah, I'm Messi as well. The favourite ground that you've played at? Other than Gig Lane,
3: yeah. Other than Gig Lane, well, St James's Park, Newcastle's. For but that was in a reserve game, so I can't count that too much. But in a professional game, proper fixture, Aston Villas, maybe. I think like behind the scenes and that there that you probably won't see, but like the tunnel and the changing rooms and stuff, it is just a different world. But it's so nice. I've not been in restaurants, to be fair. So yeah, that was an experience. Um, But lucky to play played at a few, to be fair. I think atmosphere-wise, debut, not Forest away, there was like 30,000 there, and it was absolutely bedlam. And my arsehole went, so I'd probably say that.
1: <laughs> Who is the best player that you've played with?
3: In a professional game or like training?
1: We do both. I'm interested.
3: Training Peter Crouch, maybe. Just, I think he doesn't get the respect he deserves. His feet were so good. I remember there's once a we're doing a crossing and finishing thing, and I've whipped a ball in with my right foot, head high, and he's on the edge of the box, and he's like, and volleyed it, and he just zinged it near top corner, and it just stayed head high. It was just outrageous. And then an, I'm thinking, what, oh, that was a finish, that? But you see some stuff like that every now and again, and I put the same ball in the next cross, and he's just done the same thing. I thought, yeah, <laughs> he's not bad at him. in an actual professional game. up on that. Exactly. Um, I'd say maybe Finn Azaz, who's at Plymouth now in, in the champ. I could say lads who've had a better career, but I think he's ability wise and potentially he could go, he could play in the Premier League. Actually, yeah, it's odd. No, I'd, I'd probably say him, but I played with Jacob Murphy and he's playing in the Champions League now, which isn't too bad, is it? So I played with a few good ones to be fair, been lucky.
1: Yeah, so, some decent names
3: there.
1: Yeah. He's right about Crouch as well. That, that goal he scored against City, I think, that volley that he scored was outrageous.
3: He'd he'd do stuff like that all the time though and like the ball would come to him and you'd expect him to be like gangly a little bit and a bit sloppy with his footwork mate he could keep the ball so well you know in like a tight little pocket if there's three people pressing him he'd be doing all sorts of tricks and like step overs and stuff and it it was just so smooth It, it was class but you you wouldn't you you just think he's an head on a stick and put it and hang it up for him, but he he could really handle a ball, lose class.
1: What has been your go-to song for initiations?
3: Mario, Let Me Love You, crap choice, to be fair. Everyone goes for it. I just knew all the words. I tried share believe at Bristol Rovers to mix it up and I ended up getting food chucked at me because I forgot the words. So I sacked <laughs> that off for a couple of years and I went back to it this year at Barrow, sure believe, and it went down well, to be fair. So I'm going to stick with that, I think we would love to see that. Um, <laughs> it's not all good.
1: Uh, so when you were playing at Berry, who was the worst dressed player?
3: Tom Miller by a country mile. Um, How old is that <laughs> like I, I couldn't? I couldn't be. I couldn't. Yeah, he his outfits were the worst things I've ever seen. I know Nicky Adams will take the mick out of me, but we used to come in from training and just uh, put all his gear on. We'd be sweaty in that, and we're getting showered. Me and Adams. He, he used to come in in leather jackets. It looked like you were expecting floods every day. He'd have, like, three-quarter jeans on. The worst club I've ever seen in my life. He'd, he'd have, like, T-shirts on that were, like, underarmers, like, going over his hands and that, and then a leather jacket over the top. It was absolutely appalling. But to be fair to him, he used to get absolutely peppered, and he'd still turn up with a, even worse gear the next day. He had, he, he had like, chains round his jeans. You no know, like like a biker chain, but he didn't even look like a biker. He, he just looked like a bellend. It was crazy. <laughs>
1: Uh, is there, anybody else's gear pretty bad, to no. know?
3: Yeah, most of them. Like, no one had good gear, really. Nicky Adams, just the tightest man in the world, so unless it were free, he wouldn't wear it. Who else had bad gear? Fabs had some stinking gear, but he thought it was class. As long as it had a designer name, he, he'd love it, like. Will Williamson had a bit. He, he, his gear was actually all right, to be fair. Kept it simple, didn't go too out there. But yeah, mo- honestly, you could walk in that changing room and pretty much everyone would have something on that you'd think, what are you playing at there? awful Mys- myself included
1: times when you're not getting paid with this.
3: <laughs> yeah it is it's tough you you can't exactly just stroll in selfies and get what you want can you we're in the scratching around the wardrobe see what see, see what's left
1: if you could eat one dish for the rest of your life what would it be lamb chops just love lamb chops and uh, do you go nando's if so what spice what spice are you going for
3: medium but I'll let you into a, a bit of a secret. When me and the missus go for an Indian, we've got like a local one that we'll go to every now and again. And I order a Rogan Josh and she orders a coma. And the fella's in with a jolt now, because every time he brings it, he'll give me the Korma light like, and give her the, <laughs> the Rogan Josh. <laughs> so I, I do like Perry to be fair. I, I like a little Perry Tamer at numbers. So
1: the coma is, the Korma was for you?
3: Oh yeah, always. <laughs> always. Especially seeing on my Indians and garlic now.
1: To be fair, we had Darius Palmer on a couple of weeks ago and he said he was struggling with the the, the, the Paris salt, I think, on the chips. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that bad. <laughs> How many of you got some fan questions to wrap up with?
2: Yeah, so we asked the fans if there had any questions for you. We got quite a few in, but obviously you covered most of them. So there's a couple that we'll just go through. So Kate Hall, she's asked whether you had a pre-match routine at Gig Lane, so any song you listened to before the game.
3: I just I had a proper weird one to be fair. I still have it now. I just cut my toenails before every game. I, I don't know that sounds sounds weird, doesn't it, but i Yeah, nuts. I just I don't know, I just feel like if I cut my toenails, I feel like they'll fit nice in my boot and I'm just clean and nice. That yeah, that's about it really. I didn't have much I'd eat the same things on a match day, but yeah, as long as my toenails were cut, I were good to go.
2: <laughs> and then we got David Clark. He asked how you felt about returning to gig lane in May a few months ago too play that charity-friendly game.
3: Next May or oh, last May?
2: No, last May that's just gone, when you play against us. Oh, all
3: oh, right, yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, it was good, it was good, mate. It was just, it was weird to be back at Gig Lane, though, proper weird, in a nice way, like, like I said about typing in on my sat-nav and I'm 28 minutes from home, and I was doing the same thing again, putting Gig Lane in on my sat-nav, I'm thinking, I don't know why I'm bothering, that. I know where it is, and just driving up there, just brings back all these memories and that. It was yeah. proper nice day, good to see some old faces and that, and, it was even nicer not passing to Lowy because he was making so many runs and I just kept turning him down because he was going mad, so that, that cracked me up.
2: The <laughs> level one, was it? Was it? Was yeah, 11, I man? think so. I think it, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was a, yeah,
3: it was a bit of a cricket score. At the end. It was a good game, wasn't it?
2: <laughs> and then finally we've got Alistair. Not a question, but he said, thanks for sticking with it, giving us all some memories that we'll never forget.
3: Thank you, Alistair. I appreciate that. I know it's, you might think it's all for the fans and that, which, you know, a lot of it was. But equally, I, I've got memories that I'll never forget as well. And so has my family, do you know what I mean? We had some class times and at the end of the day, whether you've got tens of millions of quids or you have got a pot to piss in, that they're the only things that you sort of take with your daughters, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, thanks for
2: joining us. All the best no problem, for the season. Chaps. Thank yeah, you very we'll much. see you
3: at Lane very soon. Top man? I'm not paying for a ticket, though. They owe me enough money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll, sort, we'll sort
3: you out. nice one
1: <laughs> Thanks for Don for joining us to chat about Barry. He was uh, some stories, good laugh. Still can't believe there was um. Pretty much, which was cutting his toenails before before a game. I should have asked him if there was any games that um, he didn't cut his toenails and how they went. But next, so is will chat about the the statement that that came out this week. What were your thoughts on that, Armin?
2: Initially, it's positive because it's nice to see us moving forward together. So, um, just having a quick run through the statement, I can see that. Phil Young and Rod Peters were appointed Secretary and Chair of the Society. John Newby was appointed onto the board of Bury Football Club 2019 Limited. And then we've got John Woodhead, Ian Pearson, Marcel DeMathis and Darren Bernstein, who were appointed onto the board of Bury Football Club Company, which owns the stadium. So initial thoughts is it's good to see John being appointed onto the board of football, the, of the actual football club. But we do need to make it clear that this isn't the actual board that makes the decisions, i.e. the footballing decisions. John has confirmed this, but he's also confirmed that he's due to speak to Marcel on Friday. So hopefully something positive will come from that and we'll get to see John's experience on the board in a footballing capacity.
1: It's, it's great that we're finally getting sorted, isn't it? We've waiting so long to even just finish up the voting and that's gone through. I think you, you're right, it's to not have the, the knowledge uh, that obviously him being a professional footballer um, would just be silly, wouldn't it? Especially if he wants to be on that board and, and be involved in that. So that's a positive. Hopefully we can get him on there and, and and crack on.
2: On the stadium side, Ed, I was quite surprised to see Mike Goodye stepping down because obviously he has had about two, three years experience of running Gig Lane itself. So I think that's a bit of a strange one to see him step away from the stadium board. So think as fans, we would like to see some sort of explanation of why, whether it was Mike wanted to move away or why it was that he moved away from that role. Because obviously, it's about putting people with the right experiences in the right positions. And I'm sure Mike was quite capable of staying on that board. But I'm sure in due course, we'll see the reasons for that.
1: I, th- I thought that, obviously, like you said, he's been involved in the stadium since since the, the sort of save of it. It's, it's just a shame if he's if, he, if he's chose not to or he's he's been decided that he's not going to be on there. You want people people who've got the knowledge, a bit like John hopefully going on to the football board, doing that. And obviously he got voted to be on the board, didn't he? So on the CBS board. So if people were voting for him, was it because of the knowledge and, and help that he's been doing with the ground? Like basically being voted to be involved in that side of it, I guess. Again, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens and hopefully that'll get clarified. Yeah,
2: and then, of course, moving on. This Saturday, it's FA Mars especially in my lifetime, supporting Bury. I've never seen us at Wembley. I don't think we've ever had the luck of the draw. Even FA Cup, League Cups, I never remember Bury actually getting that big game. Or even when we were talking to Don before about the checker trade, we're always that one game off Wembley. So, yeah, it'd be nice to see us actually get there. And I think this is a really good opportunity with the highest-ranked level if I think I'm right on that. So I don't see why we can't get there. It's just we need to get good running. About five five cup finals to the final.
1: Is that what it is? Five rounds?
2: I'm sure it's five. It could be six or yeah, five. I don't, I don't, it, it's 6 was isn't it? But we've got a buy. I think it's just five left. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then I think the semi-finals, two legs.
0: What, what would you do on Saturday? Would you go full strength on
2: Saturday? reckon? Go for absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think, yeah, absolutely. Because of the money that's actually in this, obviously not yet. But when, if you do get to Ember, there's a lot of money for the club. So footballing wise and also business wise it's, it's the right decision to try and actually win this. So I'd like to see full strength team. Yeah. Would like to see Benito whether he's back. I'm not sure yet. Obviously Connor's still suspended. I actually saw Darius put something up on his story this week about being back at it. So I don't know whether that was full intensity training or whether he's actually Looking to get some game time, so yeah, that'd be interesting to see.
1: But like, saying full strength. What is <clears throat> what's full strength? They're like the team that I'm going back to what we were saying about the, the the previous result. But what is full strength? Like Benito, though, especially from the start, was such like build a team around him from the start, wasn't it? Like that was the sort of feeling. And then he's not played the last couple of games, and we're still, we're still picking up the wins, aren't we? Especially against teams like Kendall. So
0: yeah, I mean, I mean, even if you look at the bench on Saturday, you know, Keller, Smith, Brownie. Like coming on, you know, they're good enough to start, aren't they? Like those those lads, you know, probably walk into ninety percent of the teams in our league, don't they? So it'd be interesting if he gives them a run out or like I said, maybe save them for Ramy like in a couple of like a couple of weeks and give them the run out then.
1: I guess we're playing on Tuesday, aren't we? We're at home to Pilkington on Tuesday after next yeah. Tuesday. So maybe there'll be a couple of changes in there, but not not so whole scale. And maybe the players like that will get we'll get a game. I think Kellett is definitely one that would like to see play because I remember when we signed him for a top signing from what you know about him obviously playing in the football league and things but he said his injuries which we never really knew about I wasn't sure if he was gone or what was going on so it's good that he's, he's coming back in especially with the new manager obviously fancy him to give him a go and that midfield's become so strong as well that someone for him to come in and, and it should be good so hopefully he can get some minutes I was looking at Wickham. I was trying to find out, just looking at the results. So I was looking on, on just on the website, seeing the results. There was no results on the website. I had to go on match reports. There was nothing. I had to go on Twitter. I went on the Twitter because obviously usually Twitter is the place you go when you used to find the results and, and actually commentary and things. Said that they were playing last night and then there was nothing after it. So I thought, well, maybe it's called off. Or oh, it's just they just didn't push result because they got beat. So they got beat one now. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: our level, i not I think uh, yeah, they Yeah, as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. so they, they the same, same level, but uh, I guess in the north north and northeast, I think, obviously, them being sort of Newcastle area. They beat Ashton, and I always looked at the match report for Ashton. When they be Ashton Town, it was like, oh, they got within three days' notice, they had to go and play Ashton. They had 14 players. One of them was a 17 year old, two of them were 16 year olds. And so then they got a decent result out of it. Maybe, obviously, it's the same step as us, but maybe it's just not the same standard. I don't know if I'm going to come mm. back to this after, after Saturday, <laughs> okay. but I don't think we'd ever be in that position, would we? To, where, and I'm not sure, maybe other teams are going to be. And maybe it's me just being, I support Barry FC and we're massive, bigger than everyone else attitude but it just seemed a bit strange
2: yeah
0: no, i must i must have heard it 100 times this season you know there's there's no easy games in this division like, i've heard it so many times and like you know in essence it's true isn't it but you know wickham they just don't know anything about him it's you know, what gets put in front of you gets put in front of you, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, well, they do have some history in this they have some history in this tournament. They actually won it in 1981, way past my time. Wait, way before my time.
0: Yeah, before my time, I don't I don't know, too, actually.
2: I don't, I don't know about you two, but I'm not having that. But
0: yeah, this
1: is a <laughs> bigger club than us in this competition, so I'll take my comments back and I'll get back in my box. They've won the bars They've
0: got a star above the badge, are not they, I think? I don't know, I'm just for their if, FA bars, are
1: we going to have a third star if we win the
0: bars. No think comment. No, they <laughs> nah, no star. Maybe they should put one on.
1: I did see though, because I was looking to see if we had any, um, obviously it's hard to find out, especially when I was saying sometimes you just don't post results. I think it'd be Richard Brody who used to play for him, Used to play, who was at York. I think that's the most notable player I think I could find. He started off there, according to his Wikipedia anyway, started off there scoring a few goals. It'd be interesting to see how we get on. Hopefully, I, I fancy just for a good run in the Vars and I know a few players had signed on the basis that we were going to have a good go at it. So I think it's definitely going to be prioritised with the league. Like Armie said, you have to, don't you? I think just a trip to Wembley would be massive in our first season back as Berry Football Club it would be huge. And I know Darius Palmer, when he was on, and he said he was talking to Andy Kellett about that,
0: questioning how many fans that we'd take to Wembley for an FA Vars. You'd be there, wouldn't you, Will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. we have got wick half and half scarf, yeah. <laughs> no... I you know, I've, I spoke to everyone and, you know, everyone's going to take five or six people, aren't they? You know, I already told my missus she's coming, might buy her a Bury shirt for the occasion as well. Like, right, But, you know, it's hard to say, isn't it? But I reckon we're talking 15,000, let's say. And that's what roughly what we said, was ten, fifteen. 10, 15?
2: Yeah, yeah. Do they still do that where, I'm sure, they do this like non-league day out thing where two games get played? And like, I'm sure out of the four teams that play on that day, they all get like a corner each of Wembley. I don't know if they still do that, but it was like a non-league there, at Wembley or something. And it's like the FA bars and like another trophy that gets played there as well. But I don't know if they still do that. I know they definitely used to do it. I don't know if it still happens.
1: We'd definitely taken off, wouldn't we? Like I said, we'd be taking all your mates and everything. And I remember when we are in the Johnson Payne trophy, I always felt like it was such a Duff trophy that we were playing all the time on Tuesday night, especially when the, the rules got changed and things. And it was you having a penalty shootout after you'd drawn. It was under 23s were coming in, all that sort of stuff. I always remember thinking, can't be arsed with it. And I probably wouldn't bother going to Wembley. That was just sort of my attitude until obviously we started getting close to getting close, like Dom was saying before, to the like we got to the Northern final and we got beat off Portsmouth. But when we get to that point, I was like, oh, yeah, great go Wembley. But this, I feel like it's massive. It's so much bigger, wouldn't it? It'd be, it'd be great going.
0: Now we're back. Now we're going to say it means more than it with what we've been through. I think, if you know, you're yes, talking. Absolutely. You know, in 2019, someone said this is what we we're talking about in three, four years' time. You'd bite their hand off, wouldn't
2: you? Go back on that point before about that. What I say like two games. So it's called the non-league finals day. So this year, they had the FA Vars on that quarter past 12 kickoff. And then the FA Trophy was played at quarter past four kickoff. Yeah. And... I'm pretty sure you get, so if you get, you literally get a ticket for the day. Not that i if we're a playing at 12.15, not a bad would stay afterwards, but you literally, all four sets of fans are there in like different sections. Yeah, it looks quite good. But if you just imagine burying one call and absolutely packed, and then it's just like three different sections, you never know, you might have get Rathless in the other one in the FA trophy.
0: I was just literally, <laughs> whole of bury at Wembley, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was literally
1: just going to have a look now and see, see. The, the, the fixtures flat. That's interesting. so fifteen then. Is would you prefer to have the early kick off the later kick off?
2: Oh, the like later kick off, absolutely. I've got more
0: chance of remembering it if it's early. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to be fair, with the pipe prices at
1: Wembley, absolutely. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we'll get. A, hopefully, we'll get a good run in that. one. fancy ourselves definitely, especially like you said, if we're yeah, if we're the tier top tier in the competition, we've got to fancy ourselves, don't we? This week's Shake On It is going to be a bit of a long-term one, and it's related to the FA Vars. So, Armin, what have you agreed to do for, for this week's Shake On It?
2: So, for this week's Shake On It, if Barry gets to the FA Vars final, I will let the guys here choose three or four costumes for me to wear, and then we'll put it onto Twitter, Facebook, and then we'll let you guys pick which one it is Then, Yeah, whichever it is, I'll wear that at Wembley.
1: We've got to get to the final now. And get to Wembley. Absolutely, we can dress you up Bolton kit, maybe. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, there could be worse things. If we opened it up, if we opened it up to Twitter for people just to give the suggestions, then we could get some very interesting stuff. But maybe
2: we'll go easy on you. Oh, I've got. It's got to be something that I can actually go back to work on the Monday with. <laughs> He can't be too offensive.
0: <laughs> Make sure I've got we... a Bolton uh, Michael Ricketts shirt from my Stag there, if you want me to bring that down. Oh yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do Michael Ricketts is. <laughs>
1: I hope we get to the I hope we get to the final now. Oh well,
2: well, before that, we've got Wickham on Saturday, so what's everyone's score predictions?
0: I'm gonna go five-one. I'm gonna have us conceding just because it's Wickham and I've made a silly joke about him. So I'm gonna go five-one win.
1: 4-0, I think. I reckon another really clean One. sheet. I don't think he'll change. I don't think the defence can change too much. We don't seem to have backup center after anyway, for example. Maybe someone will play right back instead, but yeah,
2: 4-0. Yeah, I'm going to go with 3-0, Barry. I think it'll be comfortable, but you never know, magic of the cup, you never know what can happen.
1: To the next round then.
2: Yeah, hopefully. The final bit of our show today is the Shaker shout-out for the week. To be fair, this week it was quite an easy one. So on Monday we had a Shaker at the... Northwest Football Awards, and they were nominated for the Northwest Football Award, Fabrice Wamble Award for Outstanding Service to Football Medicine and Performance. And the winner was Alan Raw, our very own. So, yeah, well done to Alan, and it's good to see his hard work's been recognised. So, yeah, that's our Shaker Shout out for this week.
1: Yeah, definitely well done. Well done, you want. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you again to Don Telford for joining us and uh, talking to us about, quite extensively really, about his time at Berry and that, that season that um, lasts long in our memories. Thank you Armin and, and Will for joining us this week and up the Shakers.